BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Monday. Hope everyone's having a fabulous, gorgeous, stunning, beautiful, stunning, smart, wickedly talented beginning of their week. Speaking of wickedly talented, it's a girl that I know, that I love. It's Jackie O. Hey, Jax. How you doing? I'm doing good. Would you say that I'm wickedly talented? I thought that's where you were going. Did I not say that? I don't know. I thought you were about to, like, speaking of Wickedly Talented, it's a girl that I know. (laughs) So Mm. I don't know if... So I guess I didn't actually say it, but I did mean to call you Wickedly Talented. Thank you so much. That's what I was bracing for. And I was so flattered because I think what we do here is truly a talent. Special. I find you to be so talented in the craft. So it's like, it means a lot coming from you. That's... So sweet. Like you calling me talented, me calling you talented. Like we're in such a good mood today. It's fabulous. Fabulous. We're so positive considering mm-hmm. I know the events of yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about all, it. I think we should start. Let's start at the beginning of the weekend because we haven't been together on air since Thursday. Right. Friday was our Jay Shetty episode. Um the reviews are in. I mean, people are obsessed. I think a lot of people who love Jay, like obviously he's a huge podcast. He has like 12 million followers. They were so excited. And then a lot of people that were doubtful. They're like, who's this Jay Shetty? I thought it was going to be Taylor Swift. So were I, you saying they're doubters, non-believers? That's exactly what I was saying. Thank you for putting it to a tune like that. Um, and so many hearts and minds were changed. I knew people were going to be obsessed with the episode. Like, you know when you're doing something and you know it's good? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're doing something and you know it's shit. But I knew what I was doing was good. And I'm so, people were loving it. I know so many people pre-ordered his book. So I think Jay had a fabulous time. Jay sent me a voice memo. Um, he was like, I'm reading through the comments on like YouTube. And like, your fans are so nice. And like, they're all ordering the book. And I just really appreciate you having me on. And, you know, I'm, he was just, he was blown away by the power of the toast. And I was so proud to be like head toaster, you know? That's such a prideful moment. It was. And so I'm so glad everyone loved it. It was kind of different. We don't usually do like sit down interviews, but I thought it was like we took a chance and I'm glad we did. Yeah, I'm glad we did too. And you did an amazing job and I'm glad everyone liked it and got so much out of it. Got so much out of it. And, you know, it's like kind of like a busy couple of weeks because we don't usually do guests, but we have another guest interview that I recorded in L.A. That's what happens when Turd goes to L.A. 
It's so true. The turd hits the coast. Los Angeles turd. On Thursday, we have another interview. If you're on Patreon, you already know about it. It's going to be a really good one. Um, it's not the whole episode like last time. It's much shorter. We'll have a regular episode and then just the interview at the end. Um, but I think you guys are going to love that one, too. So it's good stuff. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Yeah, so other than that, it was a pretty quiet weekend over here. I've been reading the book for the Redheads, The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post. Amazing book. Episode drops Thursday. We record tomorrow. It's not too late to join. Everyone's loving this book. Amazing, fascinating woman that you've never heard of, but like you absolutely need to. Like she's an heiress, like one at one point, probably like the richest woman in America. And then Jealous. like to see what she did about that is pretty fascinating. Hmm. Um, I was actually, so I went to the Eagles game yesterday and I was at like a family tailgate with a bunch of the wags. I spoke to them. They, they like being called wags, so they didn't mind. Um, and I was talking to one of the wags moms and she was like, I love, she was asking me about podcasting. She's like, I like to read. I listen to some reading podcasts. And I was like, you should check out TRBC. And I was explaining it's like redheads, but spelled read because my sister has red hair. And she was like, that is just darling. Like she loved it. And you told her like what we do. Yep. I was like different girls, different perspective, different books. A common love of reading. A book a month. A book a month. But um, that was just the beginning to my day. So yesterday, obviously, if you're following football, not an ideal outcome for a couple of Niner girls. But um, so I went to the game. Major shout out to Annie, whose family owns Top Crop, which is like one of the largest and oldest family owned farms in I think all of Pennsylvania. And they have had this, you know, suite at Lincoln Field for like years and years their grandparents like it was like just listening it was like it was actually amazing and they were so cool and so nice and like they were so generous to host us and that's so nice and it coincidentally so nice. today's episode is brought to you by top crop <laughs> it's not but you should check them out for all your produce needs um it was amazing <laughs> they were like so nice and they were just like these like they were just like so like jersey italian family like it was really it was really awesome um and so we had great seats and I was feeling good, you know. But before the game even started, I just want to say, like, it is not even remotely possible for any team to do a game in Philly, especially when the stakes are super high and win. Like, the energy, like, I've been to a few football games in my life and they're always, like, you know, the fans are great and they have all these songs. Philly was on another level. They have, like, all these chants and hand motions and fireworks. Like, it was on crack. It was just insane. And, I, like, the second I sat down, I was like, it's going to be so hard, like, energy-wise for a team to win this game. Like, the fan, the fandom is the way that it is for a reason. Like, it's crazy. So the home corn advantage was real. Yeah, and I think, like, home court advantage is definitely a thing, but I think in Philly it's on another level. Like, the fans, like, they were so engaged. Like, the, whenever it was their offense, silence. Whenever it was their defense, crazy. Like, and it didn't wean throughout the night. Like, people didn't lose energy. It was it was almost unfair. Like, that's how much of an impact I think the energy was having on the field. Interesting. Well, a few things happened. I, I don't know that it was the energy because I was watching the game. And, by the way, I was not watching when Brock got injured. So you can't blame I that was. on me. But first, yeah. I started watching the game when it started, and Philly scored a touchdown. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just go into the other room because I'm, you know, bad luck. And then I came back out, and it was 7-7. Seven, seven. And I was Christian like, had scored. amazing stuff. Christian, oh, did, was Christian Did you scored? see Christian's, by the way, Christian was like, I'm so fucking done with this. Like, everyone is being dumb. And he was just like, I decided I'm taking the ball and running with it. There was like 15 people around him, and nobody could touch him. Like, he's just, I just decided I'm scoring a touchdown right now. And he just did it. It was actually really impressive. So, 
at some point while it was seven seven before I came back, Brock got injured. So then yeah. I started watching with uh, Brock was already injured and the 49ers started stinking up the joint. Yeah. Not only were the 49ers stinky, the Eagles were really, really tight. Yeah. Like I didn't realize they were a good team. No, they're very good. They're very good. They have what it takes. And I just want to say one thing about the final score, which was like seven to 31. And it's not, I mean, it's unfortunate that their quarterback and who's already like the second string right. got out. They go on to third string. Like they, they stand no chance. But no chance. the defense led in 31 points. That has nothing Agreed. to do with Brock being on the field or not. Like no, I understand a, why the score never went above seven for the 49ers. But like. No, it was a total excuse for the defense. It was a cross. It was a nationwide failure. Like. Everyone was stinking it up. Like, no, you can't just, I completely agree. So I hope that brings everyone solace. Because honestly, if it was just the fact that Brock was out, like, that would be so frustrating. Like, you know, we were so close and then the elbow went. But I think everybody contributed to the loss. No, I think we all stunk it up. And then after the third string quarterback, there was, but they went to fourth string. And then they just started tossing the ball around like they were the little giants. Fourth string. No. Brody, Brady, what's his name? Brock. They ran, Claudia. No, Brock. I know, he came in and didn't throw and he just kept tossing it. They ran the annexation of Puerto Rico. They did. Excuse me? You don't know that movie, Little Giants? Little Rascals? No, the football movie about the kids. And they run the annexation of Puerto Rico where they just keep tossing it and they make it down the field. (laughs) No, by the way, I have no idea what that movie is. Real ones will know. Real, no, that was a good joke. Like, I feel like if you get it, like, you get if it. If you get it, like, I'm the, I'm the funniest girl in the world. Yeah, well, he couldn't throw, so he was just doing little tosses. Like, Right, right. But I really wanted them to put in, like, their fourth string quarterback, which you said was going to be Kyle Juszczyk. But, like, on ESPN, they told us it was going to be Christian McCaffrey. And I feel like either one of them would have been really good. Like, these guys, like, play football. They don't, yeah. They play, they play football for fun. Like, they can throw the ball. No, I agree. And, like, they want it so bad. Like, you know, Christian wants to win. Like, they have, like, a lot riding on it. Like, I agree. They should have tried something. Christian and Kyle are so, like, enmeshed in the game plans. Like, I think more so than the third-string quarterback who probably nobody ever thought was going to No, and Ben was telling me. He's been in the league for 15 years, like, as as a scrub. The boys were telling me. And you know what? Like, he could have really made a moment, you know? Like, Brock... Brock was relatively unknown until Jimmy Garoppolo got injured. And you know what? Brock made the most of that moment. Josh Johnson could have been a hero. And instead, he's just stinking it up. Yeah. I would have liked to see, like, Christian or or Kyle play quarterback. Because I feel like they would have had fun playing and just, like, playing with their teammates, throwing the ball, you know, get back to what the game is about. No, and it was something different. Like, what they were doing wasn't working. So try something different. Yeah. It was painful. And, you know, like... I didn't want to be like outwardly cheering for the 49ers. One, because I didn't want to disrespect the family who invited me and they were huge Eagles fans. Like there were tears. Like it was, I was with Taylor Donahue and her sisters. They were literally not okay. Like this was such a big deal. So I didn't want to be like annoying. And then I just started getting depressed. I was just like, this sucks. I'm depressed. And yeah. But to bring it to a positive note, I... Then the second game was the Bengals versus the Chiefs. And I was like, if the Bengals win and it's Bengals versus Eagles, like I'm literally not watching. I have no 
skin in, in this race. Oh, that's so funny. I feel the other way. Like, why I don't Kansas really care City, about- Why Kansas City, like, we have Patrick Mahomes and we have Travis Kelsey. And now, let me tell you why we we're- brothers. Why we're interested in Super Bowl. Brothers. LVI, III, whatever. It's brother v. brother. Jason and Kelsey on the E-Girls versus Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs. Who Jackie. are the parents rooting for? Jackie, it's brother versus brother. But more importantly, it's podcaster versus podcaster. They have a podcast together. Who? The brothers. The brethren? The brethren have a podcast together. And actually, a few weeks ago, they did an episode about catching Kelsey. And Travis was really honest. He said, honestly, I had no money. I like ran through every dollar I made in my rookie like career. I was just like excited to be making money. And they offered it to me and I needed the money. Oh my God. One, I'm going to go listen to that episode. Two, I cannot believe that the Kelsey brethren are podcasters. What's their podcast mm -hmm. called? Catching Kelsey's? It should be. No, it's called like, you know, off the field, sideline. I don't know. Some oh, shit like that. It's totally called off the field. You know what I mean? Like uh, run I, the ball. I want, oh, New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey. Did I lie? Oh my God. Are they going to do an episode of, like leading up to the Super Bowl? It I'm would be obsessed. good for ratings. It would be good for ratings. It would be. I'm listening to the show now. Oh my God, I didn't realize. Oh, I think that's a cool angle for the Super Bowl. And now I'm invested once more. It's a cool angle for the Super Bowl. Theo just got back from his walk. So if you hear a yelp, it's Theo. Yeah, we He's did. We did hear hey, that. Hey, no, do not eat my fiber one bar, bitch. That's mommy's breakfast. Come here. Um, so now, like, who do you think you're rooting for in the Super Bowl? I'm still rooting for Kansas City because... I think I am too. I just have like no, actually, I mean, a little part of me is now Eagles fill like uh, an Eagles fan because the wags that I met over FaceTime yesterday were so lovely. Yeah. So we got to pregame with a bunch of wags and they were like, can we please see pictures of Harry? And I was like, of course you can. And then they were like, what's Jackie doing? Like, why isn't Jackie here? What is Jackie like? And I was like, let's just FaceTime her. And they got to see this house frau. In her bed, looking a mess. But they were really sweet. They were. And you know what? They, like, want our support so badly. I will say, though, you know, I was really nervous about going to Philly as an Eagles fan. I mean, as a Ooh, Niners Freudian fan. Freudian slip. I was completely fine. Like, drama for what? But I was wearing an Eagles hat. So, like, I was trying to blend in. And I was with, like, six people, like, decked out in Eagles gear. Mm -hmm. um, I was fine. But I do, I did feel as though, you know, if I were dressed differently, I would not have been fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you protected yourself, but you weren't being overly dramatic. I'm protecting myself. I'm doing what's best for me and my family. Yeah. Yeah, but you were unscrupled. In that regard. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And of course, I felt like if I wasn't there, the Niners wouldn't have lost, you know? Of course, I felt like if I wasn't invested in watching, because of course, I didn't watch the second game, but like, you know, this small piece of me wanted the Chiefs to win. And they won handily. Except I think it came down to a kick. Because then Zach yeah, it was, came in this but morning But you know what? At least that. it was a good game. It was 20 to 23. Like, that's what we should be getting. Not 30 to 7. A blowout. Oh, and the worst out. part, the real worst part was like after in like the third and fourth quarter when it was very clear there was no coming back. They had no game plan. They were losing all the the Niners like were being babies like they were starting fights. They were getting penalties. One of them got thrown out like One that of fight them, like, that like, was shoved a guy as he was stepping out of bounds. It's like he's on his way there anyway. It, that was not OK. Like that's what losers do. Yeah. And you know what? Like that was disappointing when that fight broke out and one of the Niners players like literally picked up this little 
this little eagle and threw him to the ground. Like, that's not cool. To do that when you're losing, that is just being a big sore loser and it makes you look like a loser. I'm sorry, it's not cool. Yeah, well, you know what? They hadn't lost in a while, so they forgot what it felt like. A hundred percent. Because they were winning, winning, winning. Yep. hundred percent. So. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I went. You are? Yeah, I had a good time. Like, I really, the tailgate was, like, so fun. And then once the game started, like, my team was losing and I was like, this sucks. But I, like, the I met such nice people yesterday. I had a good time. It was a long day. You know, I left my house at 1030 and I got back at 1030. I'm not used to being out of bed that long on a Sunday. Um, but I, I got, I also got 10,000 steps. Like, it was a good day. Interesting. So who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? It's so hard again when you truly don't care about either teams. Find something but, to care about. Well, I care because like I'm I was like annoyed at Philly yesterday, so like I don't want them to that's win. That's also now, you know? that's usually what happens. It's like the team that beat your team you can't root for. I'm holding a grudge. Mm -hmm. Chiefs, it is. And you know what? I'm gonna support my fellow TikToker Jackson. Yes, Austin. No, Jackson. Who's Austin? Austin, oh. Austin no, is that okay. singer. He's a little guy. That little singer. Oh my God. Jackson is the brother of Patrick. Jack You're not okay. I'm not okay. I really thought Jackson was the quarterback for a second. Like Austin's the brother. Patrick. I always think that. You always think Patrick. that. Patrick. Patrick Mahomes. And I've been to Kansas City two, three times. It's a fabulous town. Like it's so underrated. I really liked it both times I went. The only thing is like, I feel like there are actually a lot of Eagles celebrity fans who are like diehard, yes. you know, Bradley, Bradley, Cooper, Bradley Cooper was, at, was the at the game. Miles Teller yep. loves the Eagles. And are, who are the celebrity Kansas City fans? Girl, there are none. There's got to be like some. Because then when I was on my Instagram last night, like then I saw in my stories like, oh, all these people that I follow are Eagles fans. It makes sense. They're mm -hmm. like from Philly or whatever. Um, like, like. I don't know if I know any Kansas City fans, which is why I have to be the Kansas City fan I wish to see in the world. But I bet there are. I bet there are. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going with Kansas City. Me too. I feel like the Eagles are going to win, though. They were looking really good. I know, but it's like so easy to look good against a team that's stinking it up. They were looking good before Brock got hurt. I don't know. And then they were, it was just like they were sharp. There were some crazy things happening. No, it was it was very it was good execution. It really was. It was. So I think they have what it takes. I think they have what it takes too. But you know, you never count out the countess. Patrick Mahomes is like the goat for a reason. Yeah, they're everyone's the goat, right? Tom Brady's the goat. Aaron Rodgers is the goat. No, Tom Brady was the goat. Aaron Rodgers is like not the goat. Everyone they call the goat. I just want to say that for sure. Patrick Mahomes like signed like the biggest contract in NFL history. Like there's so did there's Russell Wilson the goat. Yeah, and he was the goat too. He doesn't play anymore. There can be a million goats. Yes, there can. Yes, there can. In different fields. Like I met, you know, I heard, actually I met Lane Johnson's girlfriend and I found out via his girlfriend that Lane Johnson is a toaster. And is Lane Johnson the best player in the league? No. Is he the best at his position? He's the goat offensive tackle, I want to say. Yeah, you could be the goat at different positions, okay? Because Christian McCaffrey's a goat. Right, Totally. Kyle's goats. a goat. Kyle's a goat. George Kittle's a goat. So I was in this suite and I had um, like these amazing fancy binoculars. And my God, it was so clear. I literally could see more clear than the TV. I was literally not being a freak, but like I just wanted to see what was going on on the 49ers bench. Like was there, you know, depression, sadness. And I was, well, I didn't even watch a game. I literally sat with the binoculars on looking at like. The facials. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> 
and George and like Brock like sitting on this bench with their big coats like being depressed. I'm like, you guys. Not the coat. It's never too late, first of all. And their energy, like, come on, turn around. They should have sent you in there, the locker room for halftime. I would have fucked shit up. No. I would have fucked shit up. Whatever speech was given at halftime of the last game, remember yep. things weren't going well. Where was that speech maker and where was that speech yesterday? Because sometimes somebody just needs to be told like they're acting like a loser. No, no, but you don't want to like sink them deeper into their hole. You have to like, you have to pump them up. No, but it's like, really? You want to be a loser? Okay. Oh, you that's shame not them inspiring. Into I'm not inspired. You, really? I think shame is a very inspirational tool. <laughs> I think um, it can be motivating, but you want you. it has to walk the, the right line. The sad thing is, is that now I'm not going to the Super Bowl unless, you know, somebody wants to take me. But I was going to go, like, you know, for the Niners and, like, be a good fan. So now, like, I actually really don't care. Like, my boyfriend Joe Burrow is out. My birth boyfriend Kyle Juszczyk is out. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. Who's the quarterback I have for to find the new Chiefs? boyfriends. Patrick Mahomes. Are you okay? No. No, I'm not okay. I knew that. Like, I literally knew it. I just, like, was thinking sure. stupid. It's Hurts versus Mahomes. Mahertz. Hurts. He was good. So cute. They said, hurts so good. That's what the fan sign said. No, everyone loved him. It was great. They greased the poles. Whatever. Can we move on? Like, yeah, I'm already I'm already in next season, you know? Sure. Well, the Super Bowl is in two weeks and that's what we got. We got Eagles versus Chiefs. I think it's like such a meh matchup. Anyone else? I like, agree. But so is I last, want like more glamour. So is last year's. What was that? Rams? Lar versus the Bengals. What's Lar? L.A. Rams. Oh, no, that's fabulous to me because there was like Matthew Stafford. Like there was like glamorous elements. Like, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes is like, you know, holding his family together by a thread, hoping they don't embarrass him again. And the other team, I don't know. I'm just like not into the Eagles. They don't I have saw, like a, any stars. I looked inside the belly of the beast and I was like, Meh. I you just know, think I, I just, the Rams are a flash in the pan. I mean, I completely agree. I the Rams it. are so irrelevant. They didn't even make the playoffs. No, like, they're, they, they're just like, what's the word? They're not like a franchise that's like no. a real franchise. They're like unscrupulous. I said it. Of. I'm going to piss so many people off. No, you know me. They I just, like, love bounce to hate on the Rams. from city to city. Yeah, they're like untethered. Yeah, and that's like, I can respect the Eagles because they have pride yeah, in their city. They have roots. And their they city has pride in they them. They have roots. Yeah. They have roots. There are a few yeah, teams I mean, that like untethered, rootless, the Chargers are not charging on my iPad, and the Raiders. No, you're so right. They're so untethered. Can't relate. Couldn't be me. <laughs> no, like I was literally in a suite with like a family who's owned this suite for 50 years. Like that's roots. That's being tethered. That's scruples. Yeah. Could uh, the LA Rams stadium has been built for five days. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a new stadium being built in Las Vegas where the chairs shake when there's a tackle. Let's go there. Yeah, no, I'd rather go to where there's history. 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 <laughs> Um, so that's the football stuff you needed to know. If you skipped through that, you can tune back in If now. you skipped through that, you're lost. You're missing out, girly. You know, I watched Top Gun this weekend, too. Oh! And it was really, it was so good. Like, and I understand, like, we don't get movies that are real movies anymore. And mm -hmm. so I really enjoyed it. And of course, it was so hyped up. But I thought that the way, I didn't even watch the first one, but like, I could, like, the storyline was so full circle, I felt like Tom Cruise was, like, doing the most. 
Yeah, no, it was like this like old leathery man being the star. I understand. And the love story between him and Jennifer Connelly, like it took Vomit. everything in me not to fast forward. Vomit. <laughs> um, I didn't like that my one of my favorite people on earth, Glenn Powell, was a villainous character. But, but then, he came through in the end. he saved the day. Because it's like, that's not the John Glenn I know. No, John no. John Glenn I, never. No, I agree. I ended up, I left the theater with like a smile on my face as it pertained to Glenn Powell. Yeah, the, the dancing on the beach scene, what I just did was longer than what we saw. Yeah, no, it was hella exaggerated on social media. Like, what? That was unfair. Like, not you giving a movie review for a movie that came out a year ago. Like, no, but you know what? I waited. It's worth the wait. It was. It, it's a great film. I actually got started on our Oscar list because I saw the menu on Friday night with um, Anya Taylor Joy. It was fine. It was good. It was fine. It was cute. It was fresh. Like, is it gonna win anything? No. Does it deserve to? No. Was Anya even like good? No. Did the ending like make no motherfucking sense? Yeah, it made no sense. Um, it was fine though. It was like a good way to spend the night. You know. Do you see this Oscars drama? It's not a story, but someone who was nominated for Best Actress, when I read her name, like we, I mean, so many of the actress, actors and actresses like we've never heard of, so it wasn't that alarming. But like, I never heard of the person or the movie. And now people are saying like, the movie only grossed $27,000. And they're saying there's like corruption that this was nominated, like, you know, back channeling because this person does not deserve to be nominated. And the other argument is like, it doesn't need to be a blockbuster yeah. to be nominated. I'm sorry. It needs to earn. There needs to be a threshold of money that needs to earn. Otherwise I could film. Why can't this be nominated? For it an should Oscar? be. We have 20. We could do 27,000 views. Yeah, we could. And by the way, $27,000 earned, like divided by the price of a movie ticket. Yeah. That's, That's weird. Very few tickets sold. I need to look into that. I don't know how I feel because like just because the movie didn't make as much money doesn't mean the performance isn't technically the best of the five, you know? But like how did you guys even find That's this That's the question. Like where, what gutter did you pick this movie out of? <laughs> and the only like back channeling, I didn't investigate into this, but people are saying like the actress and her team, like they really emailed hard and like called and like that's not a crime. Oh, so like nobody, nobody else has ever done Advocating that? for yourself is not a no. crime. And by the way, everybody does that. But is it a little more nefarious? No, you're. there's something there. Uh, I, I, I want to look into this. Yeah. I'm going to launch an investigation. thought that was interesting. It is. And so I guess now, without further ado, here are the best five stories that you need to know. And today's episode is brought to you by Branch Basics. Non-toxic, hypoallergenic, free of fragrance, hormone disruptors, and harmful preservatives. They're baby and pet safe. They're clean and cost-effective. It's Branch Basics. We only want the safest and best products that actually work around our pets and our babies. Because only the best for Tiggity Tib, Bruno Brass, and Stress, and Little Rodini. Ain't that right? Only the best for these boys. So Branch Basics One Concentrate is a product that can be used for everything. It makes laundry detergent, hand soap, dish soap, all-purpose cleaner, bathroom, floor cleaner. It can replace every single cleaning product in your home. And Branch Basics offers the refill model. So once you run out, the only thing you need to repurchase is the concentrate and the oxygen boost. So... In 2023, I feel like we all need to be more responsible about what we're bringing into our houses. I feel like once you have a kid, like it really puts into perspective, like you're just spraying chemicals around Harry's bathroom and his tub. Like, no. No, no. Branch Basics no, I'm not. is super pet and baby safe. Again, it has no um, fragrance, no hormone disruptors, no harmful preservatives. It's super clean. And then with the refill model, it's very cost effective. And we, of course, have a code for you guys, um, the starter kit that'll get you started. You could literally toss out 
all the products under your sink, in your bathroom, just for this one concentrate that will turn into like five or six products. So get 15% off the starter kit when you use code THETOAST at branchbasics.com. We recommend the premium starter kit for all your cleaning needs. That's what Jackie and I both have. It freed up so much space beneath my cabinets. Like I know you live in a house, but just another benefit of this company is the more space you have under your sink. So that's yeah. Also, I don't know if you saw the announcement that I made on Instagram stories this weekend that I am clean and going clean and getting cleaner. And Branch Basics is one of the products that made that so easy. I said so many of the toast sponsors are clean brands and I don't have to like go and seek them out. Branch Basics is that brand for all of your cleaning needs. Again, that's code the toast for 15% off branchbasics.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Legacy Box. I Think of all the sponsors. This is the one I get reached out to the most. Like, what was the code for that company? What was that company called? Listen up. Legacy Box. Think of all the time and money your family invests in capturing capturing family vacations, football games, birthdays, weddings over the years. Recording a lifetime of memories was a commitment, and camcorders can cost thousands of dollars. Tapes are expensive, and cameras were, back in the day, requiring film and development. So now you have a box of stuff, and you have memories you cannot access until now. Thanks to Legacy Box. So Legacy Box exists to preserve your family's recorded moments digitally, ensuring that they're safe forever. So if you have a box of VHS, we did it years ago. It was the best thing we ever did. We grew up in the VHS era. We had boxes in storage of just like moments. We had no idea what was on there. For years, we tried like different things like this VHS converter. None of it worked and it was so expensive and hard. Legacy Box sends you packaging. They send you a mail, uh, a label. Throw all your camcorders, your tapes, your cassettes, whatever you got, throw it in the box and they will digitize it for you by hand. It's all done in America. It's super safe and it's just the best way to preserve your family's memories. You can reclaim your glory days, makes a great gift for someone or just for yourself. It's like something you've been putting off. You owe it to your family to safeguard your memories. Don't let your photos continue to fade. Become your family's hero and the favorite child. Save them before it's too late when you buy a Legacy Box today. That's LegacyBox.com slash toast to shop this exclusive offer. LegacyBox.com slash T-O-A-S-T. LegacyBox.com slash toast. Thank you, McClard. You're welcome. Our first story, big news that came out uh, on Friday, Friday, I think. Blake Lively and Justin Baldoni will star in It Ends With Us. Justin Baldoni is also directing and Sony Wayfarer Studios adaption. I don't know what that means. Blake Lively and Justin Baldoni are attached to star in the film adaptation of Colleen Hoover's best-selling novel, It Ends With Us, which is in development with Wayfarer Studios and Sony Pictures. Baldoni is also set to direct with Christy Hall adapting the script. Alex Sachs will produce for the Sachs Pixar Company, along with Jamie Heath, who will produce on behalf of Wayfarer Studios. Lively and Hoover are also executive producing, along with a bunch of other people, a lot of cooks in the kitchen on this movie. So it is pretty certain that Blake Lively will be playing Lily, who is our main character, and Justin Baldoni will be playing Atlas. Yeah. Not him, like, right? directing and giving himself the best part. So there's not been confirmation, 100% confirmation, but Blake Lively did post a Instagram story with darker hair that's, like, brownish, red, reddish auburn with the song playing Lily, My One and Only, which It was a confirmation. Okay. Except, like, until she no, posted sorry, that, I'm sorry, I honestly, I'm sorry. No, it's confirmed. Colleen Hoover, the, this news broke because Colleen wait, Hoover wait. made a TikTok and told everyone. Right. Until Colleen's TikTok, I thought maybe she would be playing, like she would be involved in executive producing and like playing Ryle's sister because this is a miscast. Okay, this is such a flop and I'm, I'll preserve judgment. Like I will see the movie with open mind, 
But first of all, I read the book. Um, I love the book. The characters are much younger than both of these two. It's it's supposed to be this like really young girl who finds herself in like a shitty fucking situation and doesn't know what to do. And like when you see Blake Lively, she's older, she's more mature. Like someone of that age would handle the situation that Lily's put in very differently than someone who's actually Lily's age. I hate this. Um, I also hate the Justin Baldoni part of it because let me tell you why. Uh, I don't know Justin Baldoni. I know people like die for him from like the Gina Rodriguez show, Jane the Virgin. I don't know this man. I kind of, I don't know why. Like I just get thirsty vibes from him. I cannot explain. Like I know nothing about him. You want to know why? Why? Because he has a podcast. That's his podcast, which was nominated for a Webby jealous um I just like I I cannot stress how much I hate this and people on TikTok have been doing like here's who I would have cast doing such oh my good jobs there this was so ripe for an amazing casting not only is Lily such a great character it's such a great story it's a young story so we could have a young actress we could have someone we don't know a young starlet be introduced to someone like I hate to be ageist but these two are too it's old not for ageist role. to say how old is Blake Lively please google that for me it's not ageist to say somebody who's, I think she's, I'm going to say like 38. It's true. Yes, also, Lily had just graduated college. Right. So she's like 22 and Blake Lively's 35. She's too old. I'm sorry, that's not being ageist. It's just facts. Yeah. I hate this casting. And it's like when we go to the younger scenes of when she knows Atlas in high school, like are they going to get a different actress? Oh. You're not going to have oh. me watching Blake Lively play a high so, schooler are you? I had seen people casting like their dream roles Sadie Sink for a young Lily of course was perfection um of course the, to me this just sucks like to me it's just so obvious to go with like Blake Lively in like her name is you know Blake Lively everyone knows her she's it's just so I don't know it's so uninspired and I love her this is nothing against her it just this like sucks it is uninspired Missed opportunity, even though I'm sure Colleen is over the moon with the casting because, like, this gives so many eyeballs to her movie. But, like, this book sold Already over has. 20 million copies. Like, it's going to be a big success. Also, people are upset because Lily is a redhead. Yep. And we don't have a natural redhead in the role. No, that's true. And, you know, in the age where, like, we don't, you know, no more skinny people playing fat yeah. people, Straight people playing gay people. Where do the redheads fall into that? People playing hetero people. Yeah. It begs the question. Now we have an unnatural redhead. Though, personally, if you want my opinion as a redhead, that part doesn't bother me, especially since she's dyeing her hair red. It's like, you know, she's wearing the fat suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. There will still be the fat character. No, it's there fine. will still be a redhead. It's literally fine. Well, I'm just saying. No, I, I'm saying I agree with you. Yeah, that's because that's been our thinking like every time this conversation yeah. comes up. Um, I don't know. I just like this sucks. Like it really fucking sucks. Yeah. And who's going to play Ryle now? And Ryle is older like than Clint Lily. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, like not to, like this just sucks. <laughs> you heard it here first. Clint Eastwood cast in Colleen Hoover's adaptation <laughs> of It Ends With Us. You know who should play Ryle? Who? Ryan Reynolds. Literally. I think a lot I'm of people so just Ryle. assumed that Justin Baldoni would be playing Ryle. Like, because he was involved in the project and he kind of like looks like the described character like in the book. Does he? To me, he looks like Atlas. No, to me, he looks like Ryle. In this picture that they're showing. Well, the hair. Yeah. Because Ryle's like. I think I, I imagined him as, as Ryle. But he's playing Atlas. Yeah. 
And to me, I see Atlas as like this. I can't I can't explain like this pijam, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just like. I want to go home like I hate this. Yeah, I just feel like this movie could have been, you know, like Miley and Liam in the yep. last song. Yes. Like, bring us like young love. To even it doesn't, they don't even have to be unknowns. And instead we got this. It's giving Age of and Adeline. Like I don't. Yeah. Oh, that guy from Age of Adeline would be good too. You know, I think of him a little bit as like a Ryle. Um, I just feel like, and this is going to be a hot take and maybe, you know, maybe I'm going to get hate for it. And I love her. I just feel like every movie Blake Lively does is not a real movie. I can't explain it. Like her last couple of movies are like a simple favor, which like wasn't real. Do you know what I mean? It's like not a real movie. Yeah. That one where she like lives on a rock and there's a shark around her. Not real. Yeah. Age of Adeline, which was good, but it's like a fake movie. Like nobody actually saw it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I like have a really crazy take. What? Like it's really like hot. Uh, I can't I can't wait to hear it. Blake, she seems so nice. I though. love her, Taylor's best friend. I love her. Like I love her. She's so beautiful. I think she's an amazing mom. She's a great business Actress. woman. I love that she has her like non-alcoholic traits. Yep. Like she, I really, really love her. And like she's the most beautiful woman in the world. So I think she could handle this when I say acting it. isn't for her. <laughs> I don't think she's a good actress. Like she ruins Serena Vanderwood. No, you know what? I agree. I think we're all like so blinded by like we're blinded by her beauty and her fame and like her family and it's perfect. And Ryan, like we're blinded into thinking she's like she's a list in terms of like fame, but not in terms of talent. Yeah, you know what? I I, I kind of call love her, that call. I wouldn't call her wickedly talented. No, you know what? I agree. But she's so beautiful. Like, why wouldn't you want to watch her even if she's, like, screwing up? No, I know. And it's, like, she kind of, like, has gotten really far in Hollywood for, like, not being good. But because she's so beautiful and, like, she's naturally this beautiful and, like, there are a lot of pretty and beautiful people in Hollywood, but, like, she's exceptional. Exceptional looking. And since she's young, like, since Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Such and, like, a good film. She, and like she, what she was like sixteen then, and now she's thirty five, and like she's just as beautiful. Like we deserve to see her all the time. So but true. Like, yeah, no, I I feel that call like desperately. That's my call. That's a good call. Yeah. It's a good call. And I feel bad. You could try Sears, but you know what? She'll be okay. She'll be fine. Um, she's doing fine. I just I'm like I'm still gonna see the movie. I'm just like not even remotely looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really curious if they're going to do, like, young, young. I hope they do. I hope they do. That would give us, like, a little bit of that, what we're looking for in terms of, like, fresh new faces. And, the like, the, la- the back end, like, the past portions of the book are so good. And they're germane to the story. Beyond. They have to do half and half. Yeah. The book, if you've never read it, flops between, like, this present-day couple and the couple when they met in high school. And... Both parts are equally important to understand one another. And there's like a lot of drama that happens in the past. And it's not just like one flashback. It's half the book. Right. And now we need to get a young actress who looks like Blake Lively. Doesn't not like Lily right. as we imagine her. Right. Stinks. Yeah. So there you go. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Some surprising estate drama surrounding the Presleys. 
Priscilla Presley has contested Lisa Marie Presley's will. She claims there's an invalid signature. So let me get through the deets. But Priscilla Presley has contested the authenticity and validity of Lisa Marie Presley's will. The businesswoman filed documents in L.A. Superior Court on Thursday challenging a purported 2016 amendment to the will, which ousted her as trustee. So in the earlier version of the will, Priscilla was a trustee. And then there's this 2016 amendment that ousted her and it put Riley and Benjamin, Priscilla's two, Lisa Marie's two children as the trustees, but Benjamin has since since passed away. The amendment allegedly removed Lisa Marie's former business manager, Barry Siegel, along with Priscilla from the trust, leaving Riley now the sole trustee after her brother died by suicide in 2020. In the court filing, Priscilla claims she and Siegel were first named co-trustees in January 1993 when Lisa Marie executed a revocable living trust, which she amended and completely restated on January 27, 2010. However, when she died in January, uh, she claims... Priscilla claims she found a new amendment, which was dated from March 2016. Priscilla alleges in the docs that her daughter's signature on the 2016 document, quote, appears inconsistent with her usual and customary signature, further arguing that Lisa Marie's name had even been spelled wrong. She also claimed that the document was never notarized and had not been delivered to her during Lisa Marie's lifetime as laid out in the terms of the 2010 trust. Oh, that's weird. Priscilla went on to note that she believes Barry Siegel has already or will soon resign as co-trustee of the trust. It's worth noting that Lisa Marie and that Barry Siegel finance guy, like they have a whole long legal battle. He like left her with $14,000 and a ton of bills and like took advantage of her. Oh my God, everyone is always taking advantage of the Presleys. The Presleys, yeah. Um, This is so shady, like an unnotarized, misspelled. Yeah. That's weird. It is weird. It's not weird that she took off Barry Siegel, but it would be weird that she removed Priscilla, who was at one point her executor. And if she was going to switch, no, but if she was going to switch to her children to have told Priscilla that. Yeah, but I guess at one point, like you're not supposed to outlive your daughter. So I think, you know, the thinking was moving it from my mother to my children because, you know, it should go, you know, my mother dying and then me and then my children. Right. But that obviously so, didn't I happen. Mean, it's I like I feel like it has to actually be really that crazy if Priscilla's like fighting this legally because otherwise it just means that Riley's the executor and like that's her granddaughter. Right. No. What's the problem? I also feel like it should be relatively easy to fi- figure out if this like document is fraudulent and forged. Yeah. Like and it's figure like, it if out. It, if it was, then like who forged it? Also, like who would do such a thing with the express interest of like Riley and Benjamin? Right. Right. You know, it's not like so-and-so put his name in there. No, there's something a little weird here. There's something a little weird here. I think so, too. I guess we'll have so, to wait, wait and see. That was surprising, especially, like, so soon after yeah, it's so, her passing. It's like so she was HRS last week. When, like, like, obviously, that's the thing about death is, like, there's a lot of paperwork. So you're trying yeah. to grieve, and then there's, like, a million things. Yeah, so if you see, like, a funky signature and big changes were made. Ask questions. You got to ask some questions. Yeah. But also, she, like, is filing. She's filing. She's filing tings. The tings have been filed. Are you ready for our next story? If it's the next story that's brought to you by Modern Fertility. 
For a lot of us, yes, the start of the new year feels like the right time to schedule a doctor's appointment, check in with where, where you're at health-wise, but what about your reproductive health? We've always been big fans of planning ahead, you know, scheduling trips months in advance, plotting out our next career move, figuring out what we're doing for dinner while we're still eating breakfast, but we've never thought much about planning for kids. Did you know that one out of eight couples struggle with infertility, which is a staggering statistic that most people generally don't know or aren't ready to talk about? That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You'll mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six days. You'll get an insight into your hormone levels, like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than your average, the average woman your age. And you'll get insights into other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results will go deep into what every hormone means and you can also download the results to be with your doctor for next steps. Keep in mind that traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones and it only costs $179. And we've got a code because if you go to modernfertility.com slash toast, you'll get an additional $20 off your test and you can get reimbursed for the test through your FSA or your HSA. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash toast. That means your test will cost $159, which is just a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test at modernfertility.com slash toast. That's modernfertility.com slash toast. Today's episode is also sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is everything to sell anything. They have tools that you need to get your business off the ground, including e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, and secure payments. Whatever you sell, Squarespace has merchandising features to make your products look their best online. So if this year you want to get into like a side hustle or you work in e-commerce and you don't have a ton of experience building websites, Squarespace is an amazing place to start. I have built many websites over my years on the internet and I can tell you Squarespace is the easiest to do it because I think a lot of people are very intimidated by building a website, especially if you don't have a background in like software engineering or design um, and you don't need to. Squarespace can get you up and running with like a really professional looking website that you can design so easily their templates are really easy to use and you don't need to have like a computer science background to get it done they also um just make e-commerce really easy they uh have insight to your analytics with their traffic overview. You can see how your visits, unique visitors and page views are trending. You can gain insight into the top traffic source, the products to device types, browsers, operating systems. It's really great. And also the great part about Squarespace is that you own all the content that you put on the platform. They offer a one-click data portability. So if you've been, you know, thinking about getting into a side hustle, a side business, or you work in e-commerce and you want to revamp your website, check out squarespace.com slash toast and you'll get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, Make sure to use code TOAST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash toast for a free trial and then offer code TOAST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Thank you, Claudia. You're that welcome. It's so wonderful that you shared that with us. You're welcome. Our next story, an end to the saga of Amy Roback and TJ Holmes. They have been Fired. exited. At ABC, ABC confirmed Friday that, quote, distractions, TJ Holmes and Amy Roback are officially out at the network following their scandalous affair. Sources tell Page Six that the deal between the network and their GMA3 anchors turned lovers was signed, executed, and done by Friday afternoon. An ABC spokesperson later confirmed the news in a statement saying, after several productive conversations with Amy and TJ about different options, we all agreed it's best for everyone that they move on from ABC News. We recognize their talent and commitment over the years and are thankful for their contributions. Also, then this weekend, Amy and TJ were spotted um, Loving packing on, on the PDA yeah. in LA. Yeah, uh, I, so they're still together. That's 
the what's most important? Um, I feel like there's something we don't know here because to be honest, like dating your coworker is not a fireable offense, especially when you work in media and there's been so much press around this and people are like kind of obsessed. It's all good. All rising tides rise all shides, you know? So I feel like they did an investigation and like found something else out. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm missing a piece of information because I don't really understand what these two did to get let go. Well, along the way, I feel like I saw some stories about how he had had some other affairs with people that he worked with like over the years, mm-hmm. not while he's been with Amy. I think that they they made it seem like that affected Amy and what how she felt about him, but they're still together. So maybe that's all nonsense. Um, I don't know like how deeply these claims were right. validated. So, but um, no, I think that, I think that ABC just like totally like, played this wrong and read this wrong. I mm-hmm. think they thought, you know, after a week, like nobody really cared anymore. Yep. And I think they like still felt like, oh my God, everybody's talking about us. Yeah. Everybody's like talking about Amy TJ. It's like, no, we're not. we're not. And I think firing them was the complete wrong choice. They're also good anchors. Yes. And that's hard to find these days as we've seen. You know, there's so much like turnover. Yep. And everyone's always looking for like the new host. Yep. But, like these are good hosts. So I don't know what they'll do next. I think this is a mistake. Yeah, maybe there's more to the story, but I just think ABC looks stupid. I agree. And and I'm sure that they got paid out handsomely and they, you know, signed a bunch of stuff because honestly, this is like, if it's just on the surface of what we know, it's definitely wrongful termination. Like your personal life, like it really cannot, unless they, you know, sign something that they wouldn't date anyone there's really nothing that we know that's worth getting fired over. So I'm sure they got like a very generous package and they don't have to work. Yes, but I don't think their package would be like, they don't have to work for the rest of their lives. No, but like for the foreseeable future. They could take a break and go to LA and be, you know, straddling each other outside the restaurant. Yes, and that's just what they did. Right, so maybe they'll do a podcast next. Like For sure. I mean, it's already crowded, so just join us. Jump right in. You could go on the Kelsey podcast. You could go on our podcast. Yeah. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to. About what really happened. Because, like, this is a nothing burger. Nothing. So oh, my God. So they found love. They found, oh, and they were married before. Okay, so they found love and they're being punished. They found love in an unexpected place. In a hopeless place, GMA. But don't, don't we want to celebrate love? Uh, yeah, they literally found love in a hopeless place. Like, the third, fourth hour of the GMA. No one's watching that. And they have stuck by each other's side yep. through this whole roller coaster. No, it's true. Whereas at one, I probably at one point would have been like, honestly, you're not, you're worth, not worth it. The trouble. No, it's actually like a beautiful love story. Yeah. I look forward to seeing the movie about it starring Blake Lively. 100%. She would do great. She would, she would do great in this role. Are you ready for our next story? A little yeah. more TV news. Page Six is reporting that Bravo has lost interest in Roni Legacy as contract talks stall over money. I believe this. The Real Houses of New York City Legacy show may not happen because of a dispute about how much the cash should be paid, Page Six has exclusively learned. We're told Bravo has hit pause on contract negotiations with sources close to the cast telling us the network is lowballing them, while production insiders huff that they think uh, that the talent think they should make what the cast of Friends made in their heyday. Uh. Meanwhile, Page Six is told that the network appears to have lost interest in pursuing the legacy edition amid the deadlock. So I believe this. I believe that the legacy women want to get paid what, like, at least what they were making at 
the last paycheck that they got. And for Bravo, like that's an expensive show when they have, you know, a new show, Roni Regular, where they're making their starting salary entry level. No, and it's a lot of money to pay women on a show that sucked. Like the show, we are at this crossroads because the show stunk. So to keep paying these OGs like Sonia, Luann, who've been on forever, who won't accept less than a million a season, probably more, to pay that for a show you have no idea if it's even going to be successful, like... No, and for a show that, when we last spoke, flopped. It failed, yeah. Like, why would you pay them those rates? And I also understand why for them, like, they're not going to really Get out of bed. Maybe they'll accept, like, a little bit less. Okay, so, you know, we've been humbled. Our show wasn't doing well. But, like, they're not getting out of bed. They're not, you know sharing their lives and everything that's so personal to them because those women really give it all and like they're not going to do that and you know what this whole story just makes Ramona look like a queen like Ramona she said she bowed out some people didn't believe her I actually kind of do she's bowed out she's not even involved she's you know posting her real estate content and she's not getting like dragged into this and honestly I feel like that was a really good call because I feel like the show might not even see the light of day yeah I really agree. There's all these like headlines that Ramona is better than ever, happier than ever, glad to be done with Roni. Yeah. I do believe that, especially if there's not going to be a show anyway. And like, she looks like the smartest one in the room. Yeah. So my mind immediately went to Ramona. I, I could so see these women being like, it's legacy. We've been on forever. Like I want $2 million. Like I could see that. I could see Bravo being like weighing their options. Like this is dumb by the way, because I'm mm-hmm. sure this show will not even get picked up for a season two. Um, so I, I actually understand both parties in the crossroads. And I, honestly, I don't think they should do the show. Yeah, I could see like Luann being like, you know, I'm not doing, I'm the countess. Right. The, you know, I'm a big star. I'm not doing this for more than, let's say a million dollars. And then that also makes people like Sonia and the other ones being like, well, if Luann's getting a million, I want a million. Mm-hmm. I've been on longer. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So whether this is true or not, I don't know. But I could see it being entirely true. Yeah. And, and I feel like sense. there's almost like no energy for it. Like, like does anyone there, care? Mean, no, I don't think the lay people care. It's just like diehard, like corner of the internet Bravo fans. And I don't know if that's enough to, to make money for a network. It's not. So I feel f- sorry for them. Yeah. Like if, if they don't get what their, you know, their show. But there are so many now like opportunities, ultimate girls trip, like throw them in there. Bravo con. There's a way to be a Bravo liberty without having a show. They now. just had that show on Peacock, Traders or whatever. They had like people yeah. like from Shots of Sunset, all different reality shows that have been canceled that are not still on. And there's a way to have a career as a reality star without like having your own show. Yeah, I think that they would be better off, you know, sending them on some of these Ultimate Girls trips than yeah. giving them their own show. I agree. I agree. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Final story, final story. Yes, I am. Uh, a little collaboration news that never was that I actually found so interesting. Katy Perry reveals oh. a huge mistake in declining to work with Billie Eilish. So That's she, be uh, a TikTok video was posted by 102.7 Kiss FM on Friday. Katy Perry was performing and she told a group of fans during what appeared to be an intimate gig about the collaboration that could have come to life. She said, Katy Perry said she received an email from someone that said, hey, check out this new artist. I'd really like us to work with her because she was working for me. She was working with Unsub Records. At the time, Billy was unknown. She said it was a song called Ocean Eyes and it was just a blonde girl. And I was like, meh, boring. Dead. 
Honestly, then she admitted though. it was a big mistake, huge mistake, passing up on the offer and said, don't let this hit the internet. No, but you know what? Like, no, I completely That's agree. how the music industry works. Like, there's so many, like, pretty, young, talented girls, and there's really no reason why one makes it over the other, you know? No, and the song Ocean Eyes, I know it's, like, the biggest song in the world. It's never done much for Actually, me. Actually, I love it. And if I heard it for the first time... I would have been like, meh, boring. No thanks. By the way. There was no way for her to know. I think that this gig she was at or whatever, maybe it's not the same one, but you know, she was like in Australia this weekend at this like Good A Australia like charity. It was like this big fancy black tie event. And the like the honorees were Katy Perry and Miranda Kerr. And they like posted a million photos together. And I just felt like it was so weird. Like, because Miranda Kerr was there with Evan Spiegel. I don't know if Orlando Bloom was there with Katie, but like Katie's husband, father of a child, is Miranda Kerr's ex. And like Miranda Kerr, I just started following her on Instagram because she follows me. And she's so premium and she's so stunning. And I saw like a million pictures. She like posted a thousand times with Katy Perry. And I was like, what is going on in the House of Commons? Maybe they all get along. No, I think that they do. do. I mean, they, Miranda, they're all so moved on. Do Miranda and Orlando have kids together? Any? Oh, that's a good call. Let's Google if Miranda. If they do, or... then that makes sense as to how they could be like so, you know, peaceful and co-parenting. Okay, she has three kids. Yeah, one's a bloom. Mm. Okay, Flynn, so that, Christopher, Blanchard, so Copeland, you know what? Bloom. That's really nice. That's really nice that they all get along. Yeah. I mean, they're both so happy and moved on. Like Orlando and Katie are so in love. And of course, Evan and Miranda. So it's easy to co-parent when, you know, everyone ends up in a really happy, you know, successful relationship with somebody equally as rich, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When everybody lands on their feet, why can't we be happy for one another? It's nice. Mm Mm-hmm. I just thought it was cute. I'll have to check out the pics. No, and they look so cute. And like, they actually kind of look alike. I could see like how that would be like Orlando Bloom's type. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you just look, they have, like, kind of, like, the same face. Okay, I'm going to go look like at the Like, big pictures. eyes. Big eyes. You know what they have? They have ocean eyes. Literally. <laughs> I do love hearing about, like, missed opportunities, like, things celebrities passed on or didn't uh-huh. take that end up being. I feel like on Watch Trap Live, Andy's always asking, like, is it true you were supposed to be Rose in Titanic? And I kind of yeah. love, I love learning about that. Um, and people's reaction to it is also really funny. Yeah, and also sometimes it's like someone auditioned for something they would have loved to get it. That's what happens most of the time. Like, yeah. But not that they passed on the opportunity of a lifetime, but also still like what could Katy Perry have done on Ocean Eyes that like... I know. You know? She's still, she's a, like a pop global icon. So I don't know what working with Billie Eilish would have done for her except maybe make her a lot of money. She's got a lot of money. She'll yeah. be okay. She'll be fine. Do you think that they look alike if you're looking at pictures of them? Yeah, they're both just gorgeous. Yeah, they just look like like the same girl, kind of. I'm like obsessed that's with so Miranda cute. Kerr. I'm in my Miranda Kerr era. Oh, that's so cute. She's kind of everything of the sort. Like the more I think about her, I mean, I could talk about her marriage for a lifetime. She's on Skinny Confidential podcast. I know because she has a should- a brand makeup brand, Cora, Cora Organics or something. Is it, is it clean? It's very clean. And she was on the podcast talking about how like it's so crazy what gets put into our makeup and skincare products, like. Trying to say that's what I'm trying to say. Miranda you should and I get are the some, same. You should. No wonder you're you're in your Miranda era because we're the same. So true, and I'm always in my Jackie O era. My Jackie era. Eh. Um. So those are the past five. 
definitely needed to know. I'm, I'm really glad. Honestly, I was like annoyed when our episode came out on Friday and we didn't have a chance to talk about Blake Lively because like I was fucking pissed. Like I was like, now I'm over it because like I moved on with my life. But like I was like, this fucking sucks. Yeah, I'm going to move on with my life. I'm just not going to be as excited as I once was for the movie. Like maybe, you know, it'll be like Top Gun where I see it eight months too yeah. late. Sorry. And be, and I, I think that because I'm not really excited about it, like it's not going to be successful. Yeah, no. And <laughs> I think that they should kind of take a step back and look and say, Jackie O's not excited. Maybe we should change things up. Yeah, maybe Blake Lively should play Ryle's sister. Yeah, I, I want to find this TikTok. Somebody cast the movie to perfection. I like, think I know what it was. It, well, it was like Sadie Sink plays young Lily. Abigail yeah. Cowan plays older Lily. Who's Abigail Cowan? She's from um, Sabrina. The te- you wouldn't know her from oh. that she was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but she's just a oh, gorgeous redhead. People really wanted the guy who plays um, Conrad in The Summer I Turned Pretty to play Young Atlas, and I totally saw that. Okay. Um, Lily Collins as Ryle's sister. Yes. I, okay, so we saw the same TikTok. Married Wait, to, I think, I think I it was it. Um, Miles Teller to be Marshall. Because Marshall's like this goofy, I kind of saw Marshall as like a really young Jason Segel. Okay, wait, wait, here. I think I have the TikTok you're looking for. Yeah, I'm all brushed up on my talk. Oh, a really young Jason Segel. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, but he's too old now. And I think Miles Teller could, could do a good job at like a, a good Marshall, like goofy, curly hair. Yeah. And okay, everybody one- wants Ryle to be Theo James from White, White Lotus. Yes, this one says, do you see what I sent you? Where'd you send it to me? Sadie Sink is young Lily. Yeah. Lewis Patridge is young Atlas. No, okay, that's what I. That's no. Abigail Cowan. I found it. Lily. I found it. Okay. Okay. This Look is at the one I sent you, though. No, I already saw that one when I was just looking right now because I googled the same thing as you. So Conrad from Noah Centennio as Marshall. Yeah, that one stinks. I don't like that that casting. That one went viral. This one went viral. Okay. Okay. Conrad as young Atlas. Adult Atlas, Alex Pettifer. I don't like that, but that's the only flaw in the, in the casting. Blake Lively. Sadie Sink, Young Lily, of course. Holland Roden as Adult Lily. Do you know Hold her? On. Let me Google. She Sounds very familiar. briefly dated Zach Efron. I don't know if she has like Holland. a ton. Holland Roden. Gorgeous. Yeah, she's yeah. familiar. She has like that face. Theo James is Ryle. Miles Teller as Marshall, Lily Collins as as Marshall's uh, wife, Alyssa, Ryle's sister. This is the best one. Shout out to Katie Feeney on TikTok for going viral with that. Uh, Yeah, that's good. Like the fact that people on TikTok can like make a cast come to life better than a movie studio will just blow my mind in perpetuity. Yeah. And I do feel like TikTok should have been able to weigh in a little bit considering like they have some good ideas this was the book of tiktok so true so motherfucking true i wonder how colleen feels i mean i'm sure she's mostly like so down but like that tiktok feels so much ownership over her books it's like no i wrote them i i think for an author but i think for an author that's like the dream oh yeah i mean what happened to her and her books and like just the virality and book talk and everything like is amazing yeah and I think any cons that came along with it are not even a blip on no. the radar for her she just bought her mom a house she's fine yeah 
Um, so that's our show. That is our It is, show. correct? Yeah, yeah, ours. Oh, I was it's, confused. No, I feel like some people thought it was the Kelsey Brothers show, but it's no, not. No, but it wasn't. That's it's t- so similar. That's New Heights, right? Is that the name of it? I don't know. In the Heights? I feel like, I thought it was. No, I think it was New Heights. Hold on. I already lost it. Kelsey Bros. The Kelsey Brethren. That's what it should be called. 100%. New Heights. Is that, is that what, what I said? said? Are we okay? <laughs> It's just, a, it's a bad name that you literally can't, can't remember, remember if you if tried. Your life depended on it. So this has been a new episode of New Heights. Thank you so much for listening to New Heights, the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast side stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, I Heart Radio, Castbox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find out so totally five star review about a beautiful setting, a wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an incredible Monday. We'll see ya tomorrow. Love ya. Bye.